And we have got a brilliant speaker this morning. Can we raise the roof high, please, to welcome the one and only Jimmy Dowds. Good morning, Vine Church. Did I hear you say good morning? Welcome to you and everybody online here. And um, the the two, I love I love I love YouTube and all churches online and stuff. But there's two wee problems with it. One is you have to keep the poor wee children a wee bit quieter, and the second one is I don't get to play my tambourine and worship anymore. Actually, it must be 40 years since I was uh, informed that my main gifts. We're not in the worship department, so that might dig it out again just for a special moment. But I want to speak this morning a faith word. And um, my working title is Frazzled or Dazzled. Frazzled or Dazzled. Have you noticed that human beings, almost every second human being you meet is more frazzled than they were last year? And the year before. You know, from wars to rising costs to staff shortages to almost a new thing every day shows up to frazzle human beings. But God has given us keys of the kingdom so that when 10,000 get frazzled at one side of us and fall, and a thousand gets frazzled at the other side of us and fall, there's absolutely no need for us to get frazzled. And uh, we're going to go to a man in the Bible in a moment who was probably as frazzled. You might even want to call him the king of frazzle. He's probably frazzled more than anybody else in the Bible because tens of thousands Tens and tens and tens of thousands of people were miffed with him, complaining in their tents about him, and bordering on planning to get shot of him. And there's even a verse in the Bible that says, that said God was even miffed with him. God was even miffed with him, and was even thinking of taking him out of the game. And you, you all know how it works, guys. You know, a certain family member of mine got his new company car, sporty BMW. And you know how it works. You get in the car and your eight-year-old and four-year-old are having a conversation. Like the Israelites, and they're having a good morning session about the new car. They're like the Israelites who moan and wanted to go back to Egypt. And these Little eight, four-year-old were just agreeing they want to go back to mum's old car rather than this new thing. And the older one's saying, well, I don't like this new car because the roof is too low and sometimes I bang my head. And sometimes when I get in it, there's not enough space. But be careful when you have a moaner complain because there's always somebody wants to compete with you with a bigger complaint, even if they have to make it up. So the four-year-old decides, well, I'm going to blow you out of the water with my complaint. 
And she pipes up and goes, well, I don't like this new car either because it's too difficult to put the seatbelt in. At this point, her dad inform her, informs her she's never actually put the seatbelt in once. But you know how it is. If you don't have a complaint, just make one up. Because you've got you to win the morning stake somehow, sometimes. But we have madness going on in the world. But I am convinced that we don't have to live a single frazzled day that God shows us through Moses how to live like a Bobby Dazzler. A Bobby Dazzler, if you're not from this country, is just someone who lives a remarkable life. Everywhere they go, somebody's making a remark about them. And we're going to go to a moment where God flipped the most frazzled moment in the life of Moses into a dazzling moment. And uh, what happened was that in, in Numbers 14, verse 2, it says the Israelites grumbled against Moses in their tents, tens of thousands of them. Do you, know, do you know what it's like when your kids have a right good morn or somebody? You can get a bit frazzled with it if you've not had a sleepless, if you've had a sleepless night, moms, dads. But here we're talking tens of thousands. The guy... The guys he'd laid his life down for, the guys he had worked his socks to lead, everybody in the dog is having a good bumping of the gums, shall we say. And, uh, but, and, then, and then we have in Exodus 4.24, it says, <laughs> here's the moment where even God's miffed with them. And it says, it came to pass, by the way, in the inn, that the Lord met him and sought to take him out of the game. I've changed the language slightly because of children, and then, but you know, it was like <laughs> even God. You, you know you're frazzled when even God has had enough of you. And that's, that's, that's the moment Moses was in. And then in Exodus 20 and 34, 29, we have this frazzled to dazzled moment. Frazzled. He, God calls him up the mountain. You know, I, want, I don't know if he was like when the headmaster calls you. I don't remember the headmaster calling me once to give me a star. I only remember him calling me to give me a scar, but that's another story. And I wonder if Moses knew what was coming. I don't think he did for a moment. But it says in verse 29, Moses came down the Mount Sinai with two tablets and the covenant of the law in his hands. He was not aware. He was not aware that God had changed this frazzled moment to a dazzling moment. He wasn't even aware of it. Isn't that great? It says that when Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant. It was so radiant, it dazzled everybody who saw him. They, they were afraid. You ever seen someone's face dazzle so much that it scares you? Moses' 
face was dazzling, and they were terrified. And I'm absolutely convinced that God has the power to transform us every single day from a frazzled moment into a dazzling moment. And so much of the frazzle that was going on here was out with the control of Moses. But God makes it clear there is a way to step out of the frazzle into the dazzle. When was the last time you're dazzled by the face, the brightness, and the power of God? That's where we're going, guys. I want to take us to a verse that's blown me away this week. And it starts with three words which are key. Now faith is. Now faith is. And it's Hebrews 11, it's at one, it says, Now faith is confidence. You know, when you're living in the confidence of God, somebody's going to see that dazzler. So faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance. King James says substance. Substance is rock solid, touchable. And God wants our face to be absolutely rock solid substance about what we do not see. I want to flip these, I want to play around with these three words for a moment to convey something I believe God wants to say. When it says, now faith is, if you're making notes, and I love making notes, I want to turn these three words around to faith is now. Faith is now. Faith is not in the future. Real faith is in the now. Faith, I'll make a quote to you, I can't remember where the quote comes from, but faith is the supernatural bridge between the now and the not yet. How many people are waiting on a not yet, a not yet, not yet, while God's calling us to walk across a bridge today? Faith is a supernatural bridge between the now and the not yet. It is the spiritual force that pulls the future promises of God into our here and now reality. Faith is in the now. It's always in the now. And God calls us, like Jill was brilliantly saying in her leading this morning, we need to speak in the now. And we need to receive in the now. Because this is the place where faith resides. I know people who have been waiting 10, 20, 30 years for stuff. That's okay because on another occasion that's how it works. But the truth is faith is not in a future time frame. I want to show you exactly where the Bible makes this clear. And we need to stop putting all our hope in some dream in the future, some plan in the future, some strategy in the future. Now, 
the power of God is here. The same God and his glory that shone on Moses that day is here. I'm delighted I'm speaking to a room packed full today without a single empty seat. Well, that's what it was like when Tim Thompson spent the whole day preparing and had a choral union choir in here last night. And yet, where do you find them? Recovering? Yes, recovering, volunteering, behind that keyboard, leading us in worship. Give it up for the living God. Give it up for the living God. When I say, you know, when the Bible talks about what you do not see, well, it's time we saw what he sees. And, and you can make a, think I'm a fool if you like, but I see every seat in here filled with a human being or an angel. I see the whole room full of angels because God has promised that a zillion of angels are administering angels. And they are constantly around us, constantly with us, constantly working on our behalf. Oh, it's good to preach because, and you don't believe me, you don't even believe they're here or paying attention, but the Bible makes it clear, if one soul gets saved, look beside you, they're dancing, they're dancing, they're dancing. So faith, real faith, and I want to talk about two kinds of faith, both good, but both different levels. Faith grabs hold of the covenant promises of God and delivers them in the now. The now. The time to dazzle is now. And just a sideline, God doesn't, is not going to wait until it's convenient for us to dazzle. He's not going to wait until it's convenient for us to dazzle. What does it mean to dazzle when you go up the high street, you go to work, you go wherever? What it means is to brighten up somebody's day. That's what it means. Just let your light shine like the Bible says, so powerfully like Moses did, and make somebody's day. Brighten up somebody's day. I'm literally type, finishing off the typing of this at 6.30 this morning in Tim Hortons. I'm distracted by an 83-year-old ex-chief petty officer sitting on his own that I don't know. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and he said, so are you just going to wait till it's convenient for you? You've finished all your wee strategies and your wee sermons before you go make somebody's day? I ignored it. But on the third time, I had no choice. So I just left my, my stuff at the table and wandered across to... Chief Petty Officer so-and-so. I said, Chief Petty Officer, wh what are you doing? He said, well, I just finished six miles walk. And uh, he said, I spent, I go around Town Hall Lock three times a day, a mile each time, because I meet all the people with dogs. I just love dogs. I just don't like buying one. <laughs> I said, you've become a, f you've become a fifer, Mr. Plymouth. And, and I had, we had the glorious time we went from that to talking about the Huguenots that were persecuted by the, the, the I don't remember who persecuted them, I think, it was, I think it was the Catholics back in the day. And, 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 and we, we were talking about that, and then he said, what are you doing? I told him, I was 
preparing a sermon on miracles. And he said, can I get your number? And we could exchange stuff. Oh, my goodness me. And as I'm walking away, he says, do you know what? That has brightened up my day. And I thought, give it up for God, guys. No for me, no for me, no for me. God set me up. And, you know, if you just wait until it's convenient for you to volunteer or serve or, or dazzle, that's never going to happen. Most times it's an inconvenience. But 2 Corinthians 6.2. Here we go, guys. Here's the now verse. For he says, in the time of my favor, in the time of my favor, God says, I heard you. And the day of salvation, I helped you. Who feels frazzled once in a while? Anybody here ever felt frazzled in life? All your dreams, all your plans, all your schemes, all your best ideas have just been frazzled. They've just hit a fan. There's nothing left of you, your ideas. That's the beautiful moment to step into God's glory. And so I heard you, the Lord says. Some of you have been crying out to God. You frazzled a situation in your family. You frazzled a situation in your work. You frazzled with a situation in your faith. God heard you. And this is his reply, prophetically. I tell you, now, 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 turn to the person next to you and keep your COVID breath back, but shout now. <laughs> now! is the time of God's favor. Who's ready to step out the frazzle into the dazzle? Who's ready to step out of the devil's stuff into God's stuff? Who's ready to step out of impossibilities into possibilities? Now is the time of God's favor for you, 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 you. And now is the day of salvation. There's nothing future about that. There's nothing tomorrow about that. God, the same power. Now, this just, these verses just go over our head, guys. But they've got to go deep. Elma and I had fun this morning and asked her to sing a song for you. And she refused. She said, why? Why do you want to sing that song? I said, because it's my favorite song of you. I want to sing at your funeral. She wasn't impressed. She wasn't too impressed. I don't know why, but she, I said, no, no, I'm not planning it tomorrow. Like, faith is in the now, darling, not tomorrow. And she said, what's the words? I said, but the words are of the Beatles song, Martha, my dear. You know her real name's Martha. And there's a line that says, I've been a silly girl. It's something like, something. I've been a silly girl, I've been stuck, but I looked up. I looked up. When you're a pastor and you take your wife to help people over 50 years, first thing they always say, this is confidential. What that means is that when I go off to work and on to the next one, she goes home and carries it. Can't share it with nobody. Can't ask nobody for help. You can't talk to nobody. Just Jesus. We talked of that hundred times last night. It was brilliant. I was rushing it because the European Cup was coming on, but we were talking anyway. A hundred times where I've come home and she's been in a fra frazzled moment. 
and God showed up and dazzled her. We had a bunch of guests coming one time. She's in our little kitchen in a little house we used to stay in and, and getting ready and she's getting frazzled and she hears a voice, God calling her real name, Martha, Martha. And he conveys to her in that, that little moment, you don't have to stay, this is my language now, not her, you don't have to stay in the frazzled moment. Just come sit at my feet. Just come sit at my feet. And in that little shift, from Martha to Mary, from frazzle to drazzle, is available to you and me every single day in life. Let's give it up for God. Now here's how we move from, I know people have been praying for the husband to be saved for 10 years, the wife to be saved for 10 years, for this to happen for 10 years. Don't do that. Don't do that. Just do what the Bible says. Step from the frazzle into the dazzle. So here's what it says, and it's a now verse. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, spend 10 years fretting about it. No, it doesn't say that. It's a now verse. It says, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Come on, guys. This is not the Quran I'm reading. This is the power of God working to get us from the frazzle to the dazzle. He doesn't want you praying and then praying and then praying and being frazzled for 10 years. Faith is in the now. And I want to encourage you, when you pray, when you pray and you know God has heard you, from that moment on, you praise God and you give thanks and you look into the heavenlies and you see a rocket that has left heaven. You're, that rocket is called answered prayer. It may take a day to land, it may take a week, it may take a year, it don't matter. But your prayer was heard and God has answered. And from that moment on, you live in the now. You thank God and praise God. He has heard your prayer and he's answered your prayer and you're living in the now. Let's put our hands together and applaud the living God. And by the way, your answer to prayer is on recorded delivery. It's not going to get lost. It doesn't go up and down with your faith. Once it leaves, that's it. So there's two kinds of faith, very quickly, I want to mention. Two kinds of faith, very quick, I want to mention. Excuse me, I'll just check time. This faith in God, when you put your faith in God, and there's a great, the greatest thing you can do is put your faith in the now God. The God who hears you now, cares for you now, comes through for you now, hears you now, and answers you now. That's going to get you some great results. But there's another level to faith that kicks in when you have God's faith inside you. 
So there's our faith in God. That's great, a saving faith. But there comes a moment when that moment, when God spoke to Elma that moment, Martha, Martha. When God gives you a download like that, and he may give you a download in just bringing a verse alive, it may be a dream, it may be a song, it may be an audible spoken word, it may be a vision, but when you're going about your day, and all of a sudden something comes that you just know is not what you were thinking before. It's come straight from the living God with that unction from heaven comes a download of God's faith in you. And in that moment, you just know, you just know, you just know it's going to be all right. And we, I loved hearing all the stories Elma told me that when that moment happened, it was done. When the word left the mouth of God, the mouth of Jesus, it is done. And so let me just say that again. When, when you have faith in God, that's brilliant. That's what the Bible says we have to do. But there's moments, I've told you many before, when I've gone to pray for a dead German and God speaks what to do. And when, with that word, comes a download of real supernatural faith. You know the miracles in the bag. You know the miracles in the bag because for the simple reason, when God's word comes, it always returns with fruit. Let's give it up for the living God on that. It took me 40 years to learn that thing. And here's the difference. When it's all down to human faith in God, when, when we only live with our faith in God, Zechariah puts it this way in 4.6, Lord said to me, not by, my, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. So when we, when we stop at level two, which is using our might, our power, our faith in God, our plans, our strategies, our wisdom, our cleverness, when it comes down to that, we're on a road to be frazzled. <laughs> and, uh, you know, God gives you a wife. Seventy we are both this year, and at least ten times a week, she still says to me, Jimmy, take a chill pill. Take a chill pill. I've only told you to cut the grass. Only takes an hour. You're fretting and buzzing around there like it's going to take you a hundred hours. Calm down. Slow down. Take a pint of water. Just take a flipping chill pill. And I told you before when I woke up and 5.30 in the Queen Margaret Hospital, wondering if I was going to live or die. I'm like, 5.30? I better get started. I better get started. I'll never get through my day. I've got so much to do. That's what happens when you only live with your faith in God. You strive, you stress, and you stress everybody else around about you.
Alma just doesn't like to live with that stress. But the times I've stressed her, I don't even know I'm doing it. But there comes a moment when you go, right, I'm giving up all my might, all my power, all my plans, all my strategies, all my thoughts, all my great ideas, and all my human efforts. And I'm going to agree what the Bible says. I'm not going to live in my might no more. I'm not going to live by my spirit no more. I'm not going to live by my might or my power, but I'm going to come into rest and live by the Spirit of the Almighty God. Let's give it up for God on that one, guys, if you don't mind, if you don't mind. So God just waits until we've run out of our might, our power, our ideas. He just waits. He just waits. And then he takes us to that moment where he calls us, it's time to get a download from him. Time to get a download from him. And that download is new every day. It's new every day. The ho- you are at rest. Jill just about preached my sermon for me. It was so good. She, she mentioned trust countless times. And that's a God thing because you are at rest when your whole trust is in God, not in our might and power. You're at rest. And oh lack of peace don't please 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 don't let this go over here because i'm i'm the worst at most of this is in here so i'm speaking for experience all lack of peace is lack of trust all lack of peace is unbelief we either believe god will finish what he begun in us and he'll cause all things to work for good to those that love him or we don't so when we get into that might thing, that power thing, that frightened thing, that stress thing, but God wants us to come back into our rest, come back into our trust, come back into our peace, and, and basically get out of God's way and let God finish the job. Very quickly, I want to finish with three points, and I'm hoping to wrap them up in two minutes. Number one. Let's get serious about this and repent of unbelief. Repent of unbelief. Repent of unbelief. Unbelief is one of these suckers that sneaks up on you, it clings to you, and you don't even know it's there. But let us, let us all just take a moment and let God bring some to you, one single thing that you're not believing how you should. Number two, very quickly, ask God to open our eyes. I don't have time to tell you what happened 10 days ago when I asked God to open my eyes. Like he opened Moses' eyes. Like Peter Hall stood here last week and he said, Jesus looked up and he gave thanks. And then he explained in the Greek what he meant was, basically, his eyes were open to see heaven's perspective. I'm asking God to let me see angels every single day, to see what he's doing every single day, to see sicknesses and people need prayer for every day, to see what's going on in the supernatural realm. There's a whole world. We think this is a real world. This is world number two. The real world is what's going on in the angelic realms. And when he showed me in my dreams 10 days ago 
zillions of angels going nuts, working their socks off in heaven. I said, what are they doing? He said, I haven't put one on the dough or in a COVID furlough. <laughs> I haven't put one. They're working their socks off to bring in the end times the fulfillment of God's plans and his purposes. And every mountain shall bow to the mountain of the Lord, and every knee shall bow. And if man doesn't make it happen, the angel certainly will. Wow! Ask God to open your eyes and to see into the Spirit every day what he's up to. He's doing amazing things. And number three, let God dazzle you. Make space for God to dazzle you. When you come to him in his word, when you come to him in worship, when you take a walk with him, make space for God to dazzle you with the depth of his peace, the heights of his joy, the width of his love. Let him dazzle you. Let him dazzle you. When Peter Hall said, for the joy set before him, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He said the most shocking thing. What is that joy he paid the price for? That joy is you. That joy is you. That joy is you. Let him dazzle with you. I tried a hundred, you know, I tried to, a hundred different ideas and strategies to win the newest city in Scotland, Dunfermline. But I've come to the conclusion that God only has one single plan to reach a city. One. And all the different plans and strategies and everything, I love them all because they're all play a little part, but the real heart of God's strategy, do you know what his number one plan is to conquer a city? It's you. It's you. It's you. It's you. And if you just take a walk tomorrow across that cafe, say, hi, my name is Bobby Dazzler, or whatever your name is. How's it going? And the moment the person engages with you and says, you know, you brighten up my day. One more step. Take them under your wing. Get their number. Take them under your wing. I tell you what, any church that does this has the greatest revival going in the whole of history because Jesus died for the one. The angels celebrate for the one. And the key to the city God's ultimate strategy and plan is he always calls a person. Who will go for me? Who will go for me? Who will go for me? So I just want to encourage you. Even if you're in the most frazzled moment, God has not abandoned you. He's not forgotten you. He's not going to unanswer your prayers. But he wants to touch you in the next two minutes as I finish his sermon. I've gone over time, Pastor Aaron. Forgive me. God's plan is you. Or me? No, 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 no. What does it take? 
What does it take to make somebody's day? The glory of God. Father God, I thank you for every single person in this room. If they could just understand from the youngest to the eldest, just walking in here today, they've made somebody's day. Holy Spirit, would you touch the frazzle? People have got genuine worries, genuine concerns, genuine health issues. They've been frazzled. Would you touch their frazzle in this moment? And will you deliver us, God, me especially, from striving, for stressing, for doing stuff in my strength, in my power, and cause us this day, God, to put our hand in the hand of the man who calmed the seas. Jesus, we take our hands off your stuff and we make space for your stuff, your supernatural downloads of game-changing faith. Help everyone to see they have the power now, the power now, the power now to change any situation in their life and in the life of anyone they meet by simply putting the smile back on their face. Lord, we repent and hand your frazzle. Would you anoint us with your glory? with your glory, with your glory, in order that you shine through us, you dazzle through us in every situation and release an explosion of miracles upon miracles upon miracles through each one. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.